We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. You are listening to Men From Moto, episode 104, Streamer of Interest. I'm Travis Sowers. David Seville is on vacation this week, and I am joined by a, another streamer of interest, Tomi Tuovinen. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, Iserog. Hello, thanks for having me. What have you been up to this week in Magic? This week, I've been uh, resting at home from the flu. <laughs> yeah, getting over a little bit of a flu, eh? <laughs> yeah... It's almost over, though. Good, good, good. I wanted this week to chat some about... There was just a release yesterday about the new um, Mythic Championships, is what we're calling them now. Yep. Both for paper and for arena, uh, as well as I participated in the Twitch Rivals event yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to chit -chat, chat some about the preparation for that, as well as the event itself. Um, where should we start? Uh, let's start by congratulating you on a very nice top eight <laughs> achievement in the streamer streamer showdown or what was it called? Twitch Rivals. Twitch Rivals, that's the one. one yeah. Yes. Well, thank it was you. Twitch that was... Rivals MTG A showdown. Yeah, yeah. As the um, proper name. That was a good event. I, I had a really good time participating in it. I'm kind of tickled. There's been two of them, and I've top eighted both of them so mm. far. Um, and well, like this, this time... was a cash event. Yeah, and you only lost to one person. <laughs> That's fair. I did. I lost to Jeff in the uh, Swiss rounds as well as in the finals. And I, I knew that was a difficult matchup for me, as, especially like going in. I was like looking through and like, if there's any way I can get on the opposite side of the bracket from Jeff, I can probably win this thing. I feel like... Now you, did you see the deck that he was playing when you were watching some of that? I did see. I did see our first match against him, his teamer, teamer climb. Yeah. I felt like he took a deck that was like, I want to play Sultai, but I also want to make sure I can't lose to Mono Blue, so I'm going to play this, because I, I recognized pretty early on that was a miserable matchup. Mm, that's a good meta choice, though. Yeah, I think he made a very good choice there. Um, for me, when I did the first Twitch Rivals event, I had a lot of fun kind of testing out different decks, finding a deck, and then tweaking it when I kind of discovered that uh, Selesnya Tokens deck, and then air quotes, fixed it by adding in heroic reinforcements. And mm. I was hoping to do something similar to that for this event. And I, I think you caught some of our Jund testing on stream. I did. I did. How close was I to something real there? Was that all in my head? I think that was probably mostly in your head. <laughs> I think... <laughs> like, I, think so, I did see the... Like, I heard of the... The justifications you had for most of the cards and to me it sounded more like you're just just like digging your own grave trying to find a standard equivalent for tarmogoyf and a standard equivalent for for lillian of the veil and whatnot so it's like it's probably not gonna end up well yeah but you did pretty well in it like in the end right that 
I, I managed to get something that could win some games. And mm-hmm. I, like the reason I was doing that is like for these showcase events, it's kind of cool to show up with a unique deck. And I had such a good time doing that last time, I felt the bug to do that again. Mm. But after I played with the Jun deck, I realized it wasn't particularly good. Um, I, I played with Soltai and decided I didn't particularly like it. Uh, and then I played with, I actually tried Nexus Fog and was like, I can't actually do this. It just mm-hmm. felt terrible. Uh, so I, I finally sucked it up and tried Mono Blue and then just kept winning with it. And was like, okay, like, I'm not going to bring the unique deck. Perhaps this time I can show off that I can win some games with a good deck instead. Uh, so that, that was sort of my testing process. How do you feel about that going into big tournaments? Like, should you bring a brew and, and hope that you can get noticed for that if that's your goal? Or you just want to win the thing? It depends on what your goal is. <laughs> yeah. Because if you, if you want to win the thing, you should definitely listen, listen to those who play standard all day so basically when someone says or not not just someone but when a lot of people say that monoblue is the best deck of the format or sultai is the best deck of the format you should probably listen to those guys and play the deck that's the best deck of the format because mm-hmm. uh while while some people will find some interesting decks that can beat that the so-called best deck of the, of the standard, for example, like like Jeff did with his with his steamer thing. <laughs> steamer climb, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's gonna happen, but that's not gonna be ninety-five percent of the floor. That that's gonna be just like a couple of persons here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you're onto something there, and I I think it was a bit of a fluke that I discovered a way to tweak that Celestia deck and have some fun with it, but. Overall, I think this speaks very highly to like good things for MTG Arena and Magic as an eSport. The fact that there have now been two of these Twitch Rivals events. And I can only imagine they've got a third planned because the viewership was absurd. Mm. There were 24,000 people watching on the Rivals page uh, for the top eight. Plus all of the individual streamers. So like wow. overall, I think that event was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that is that it is not organized by Wizard of the Coast. It yeah, this had a, nothing to do with them. Yeah, that's, that's a completely third-party uh, tournament that was like... I, they probably didn't even ask for like most, most permissions. I don't think they need much permissions to hold a tournament on that platform, probably. Yeah, let me guess. Yeah, I don't know too much about those sides of the details, but I know yeah. that like they they do these rivals tournaments for you know PUBG for Hearthstone. They did one recently for Apex, a new shooter. Mm. Um, and I, I'm just glad that MTG Arena is now included in that that subset of games that are worthy mm. of being showcased like this. Yeah, it's been it's been noticed. Yes, I, it's you could say it's, it's a game of interest. <laughs> it's a game of interest. Mm. Um, I should note that that joke is coming from uh, uh, apparently one of the commentators from the Twitch Rivals event when talking about me said that Simulant is a streamer of interest since I have top aided two of these now. So uh, hopefully that'll get us some traction. <laughs> uh, we do also, I, I didn't mention this in the pre-show, but we've got our first Mythic Championship coming up this weekend in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. Any big predictions from that as far as like... T- decks you expect to see or anything cool that you're looking forward to from this uh personally i don't i I mean i'm not i'm not the best person to uh you know make predictions about standard but what from what i've seen heard and understood from other people is that 
yeah, there's going to be a lot of like mono blue and and Sultai and and Drakes and all the all the tier one decks that you can see. But in addition, there's been there's been talked about there's been some talk about uh, some specific uh, build around cards that people have said that these might be the breakout cards. One of the biggest one I think is the Hero of Precinct One, mm -hmm. one on white for a two two that makes one ones. Like a lot of people have been hyping that. But yeah, I've seen that do well in some Esper shells so far. I even tried to yeah. do my Naya Tokens deck with it, because if you cast a Heroic Reinforcements with that fellow in play, it's quite nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but but the, been... biggest, the biggest prediction I have for that tournament is that it's going to be the last big tournament where Nexus of Fate is going to be legal. <laughs> you think it's going to get banned entirely after this? I, I, I would certainly hope so. Because okay. like, if you read the if you read the article about why it got banned in best of one, it basically outlines everything that's bad about that card. It generates games that are not fun. Like that's that's good enough of a reason to just like get out of the format. You know, that's actually exactly. I made that point while playing on stream. I was playing against a Nexus deck, and I was like, I don't mind losing. I, I'd rather not, but I really don't. Mm. But the games where you lose against a Nexus of Fate deck just aren't fun. I don't feel like they beat me. They just drew the right cards in the right order, which is which is weird because it's the same way they beat me with an aggro deck. It just, the feeling was different. I guess it's because you just don't get to play, right? Yep. It's not yeah. about power level. It's about just unfunness. Just unfunness, yeah. And I, 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 I realize I'm kind of putting you on the spot here with some questions, but I... Like Dave and I don't often talk about mm -hmm. Pro Tours or Mythic Championships very much. Mm -hmm. And I realized it's been a while now since the, the Pro Tour, Mythic Championship, whatever the showcase event is, didn't happen immediately after a set release. Because back in my day, shaking my fist like an old man, mm -hmm. back in my day, a set would release and it would be immediately followed by a Pro Tour within about two weeks. Now yeah, we've got like that. a month or so. You remember that? Mm-hmm. What, like, do you like this better that there's been more time? Because I feel like going into this, we already know what the top decks are, rather than in the past, you know, the Pro Tour would showcase the new top decks and create the meta instead of being people playing in the meta. Is, is this better or worse or the same? That's an interesting thought, because, like, for the most part, when, when, like, at the beginning of a season... I'm looking for something fun to play at my like local game store. We do the the standard showdown thingies on paper. Mm -hmm. I tend to look at just like whatever is the first big tournament that comes out. Usually, like previously, like you said, it has been the Pro Tour. Is like then there's there's just like a lot of brewing and weird builds going on in there. But now it's probably just a GP of some sort. Mm -hmm. Personally, it doesn't like. It doesn't affect me much whether it's a GP or a Pro Tour that I'm looking at. But I think the Pro Tour, like as a Pro Tour being the first big event with super interesting things happening, like it, it, it was more uh, powerful as, as the first event of the season. Because it, yeah. it created this impact of a lot of people wanting to watch because it's something new. Mm -hmm. I wonder too if it, it, it changes the skills necessary to spike a big event like that because if, if it's an, an mm -hmm. unknown metagame and there's cards that people may have missed, 
it might reward somebody that can kind of figure that out early and build a specific deck or come up with a strategy that people aren't anticipating. That's true. And it definitely, yeah, I, I agree with definitely it leans towards different skill sets because I remember also most of the Pro Tours that happened immediately after had a bunch of decks that were like, yeah, this is this is hot garbage. I don't know what what like what what went th <laughs> over your head, what went through your head when you decided to play this. Yeah, I certainly remember seeing this deck list, and then you'd get weird combo decks that nobody saw coming. Mm. Um, I I can remember I th it was in the Return to Ravnica block the the ones where you'd sacrifice your own fiend hunter and do all this weird stuff to loop through your deck, and I'm like, this is some really cool stuff. Um, mm. Whereas I feel like now, doing them so much later, they're rewarding somebody that knows an established metagame um, and is prepared for all comers. So I, I just think it's it's different. I don't think it's necessarily better or worse. Just worth noting that it's different. Saying it out like, like, out like that, I think it's a better fit for what a, what a pro should be. Because mm -hmm. a pro should be a professional player who understands the metagame, not necessarily like a brewer of sorts. You know, a, a pro, pro is, to me at least, sounds like a person who is good at playing the game. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. With that perspective, I think I can be quite happy about that. Yeah. Well, let's move on a little bit and talk about these new Mythic Championships and exactly yeah. what's going on with them. The, the first point of, like, discussion for me at the very least, and it's something that's been talked about a lot on Twitter and various other places is magic coverage uh, and that was mentioned in one of the articles i'm looking at two articles on the mothership uh, magic.wizards.com uh, that were released yesterday which was february 20th and they're talking about how to qualify for a mythic championship and the year of more for competitive magic and i'm going to read briefly from that and then tommy and i will discuss it a little bit uh so in, in one of the articles it says as you've noticed we started to change what is streamed on the magic twitch channel in the past, we've broadcast GPs as a way to watch the game of Magic being played on a regular basis, since Magic had few other streaming options. Typically, the viewership for these events was modest. Do you recall how many people were usually watching GPs? I'm going to say like 5,000 people. Sounds about yeah. right. That, that sounds about right to me. Now, it would spike as you got towards the top eight, or if there was a player on that was particularly interested, but it, I, mm -hmm. I tend to remember it being around there. With the addition of MTG Arena, there are now many different ways to watch Magic that have an extremely high reach, including a massive influx of players streaming their play from home, more than 40,000 of them, the upcoming Mythic Arena Championships, the Mythic Invitational, and the Seasonal Magic Pro League play, which is slated to start this spring. GPs will remain an important component of Magic's competitive play program, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, and have more coverage but the main Magic Twitch channel will have different types of programming than it did when Competitive Magic was only tabletop. We're working with Channel Fireball to cover select Grand Prix on their Twitch channel, starting with Magic Fest LA. And they're saying this coupled with the tabletop mythic championships on twitch.tv slash magic, tabletop coverage on Twitch channels of organizers like Star City Games and Heraria, uh, and the newly expansive library of MTG Arena streamers means there's more for you to watch all the time. And then there's a plug, come watch the Mythic Championship uh, 1 from Cleveland. What are your thoughts about this? Did you watch the GPs? I watched most GPs. But only How when they're you? like 
I, I, I was more interested in the uh, like the non-rotating GPs because usually standard, you know, it, it becomes a bit stale after a while. It's just the same decks over and over again. But I did watch a bunch of the like modern and legacy GPs, and I think especially uh, what the what the what the SG did lately with the team trios, where you have all three of them, you have standard legacy and modern in the same GP. That was like that was the most interesting viewing experience I've had on on their channel. Yeah, I, I typically didn't watch the GPs uh, because I, I felt like when I was watching Paper Magic, I ended up watching a lot of people just shuffling a lot. <laughs> um, and I, I think paper magic is harder for me to watch than digital magic, but that's not to say that because I didn't enjoy it, it shouldn't exist and other people shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think there's something to be gained from being able to watch high level competitive magic in paper. And I, I think what they're saying here is they do too. They're just not going to be the ones to cover it. The- and honestly, I think that's a good thing because SCG did such a better thing, like a, just such a better job at casting it having having like uh patrick and cedric are just amazing as as uh, hosts just for the record and and the, like the the production quality of sag streams are so much higher than the <coughs> wizards of the coast uh streams so like that contributed to the viewing experience of their gps much more than wizards and i think wizards uh, it felt like they didn't really want to put so much effort into the GP coverage, which, as proven by this article, is that they want to put all their effort into streaming digital magic, which is a great move for them. I think so, too. And, and again, I agree with you. Cedric and, and Sullivan are fantastic. Shout out to Matthias and Emma. Like, I I have watched start SCG Opens um, as opposed to GPs just because their coverage, like their commentary team was so good. Like, they really seemed to know what they were talking about. Uh, they had very good chemistry between the various hosts. Uh, the, the viewing experience was great. Like, I think they're doing such a good job that I wish they just let them do the coverage for the GPs and be done with it. Uh, but it, it sounds like Channel Fireball is going to take that on, and that's another company that I think will have the ability to do that. The one thing I don't like is I really wish this announcement had come out two months ago. Like How so? Well, because there were a couple GPs that happened that there just wasn't coverage for, and nobody mm. really knew that that was going to happen. And I, I could see that kind of sucking. Like, I've, I've been in a situation where I, I remember at one of the GPs, I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but at, at GP Providence. Are you like, still there? <laughs> that <laughs> Sorry, was that pretty was great. my phone. <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone away. That's a great alert. Um, but I can remember being in a position where I, I felt like we were almost going to get into the feature match. We were almost going to get into the feature match, and we never quite made it. Imagine <laughs> being at a GP and wanting to be in that feature match area and then noticing there's just not one. Mm, and really not having that, having that there, but having the expectation of coverage. So I feel like if they'd let people know about this sooner, it would have been better. Again, better late than never. But, I mean, that's my one critique of this is I like where they're going. They're going to cover Arena and they're going to they're going to cover paper play at the mythic championships. So basically we're going to get a souped up I I kind of think the the uh pro league play is going to be similar to what we've seen on like the the vintage super league for example, but like a souped up version of it that's highly competitive. And I'm excited to see that. 
and I feel like we're still going to get paper magic from the Mythic Championships, and they're going to cover <clears throat> the Mythic Championships from Arena. So, like, that sounds like a great lineup to me. I just wish this had been announced a little bit sooner so people didn't have different expectations. That's a good point. They also mentioned briefly here the idea of duo standard um, and that they're going to check it out and think about it. They said they think that it has a lot of potential and that they think it, it mirrors as closely as possible the experience that most players themselves have when they play the game. Did you have any thoughts about duo standard? Explain to me what is, what is duo standard? <laughs> okay, this is the format for the Mythic Invitational that is happening at PAX in Boston. And it is best of one play, but three times. So we bring two decks. The first match, I think it's chosen randomly. The second match, the winner chooses something like that. But we're going to basically play best of ones, but we can swap decks. Mm, I see. So, I mean, that's, that's another one of those. This thing has happened to other digital card games, and we should probably copy it. Because that sounds very similar to how Hearthstone tournaments are run. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very similar to that to me, too. Yeah. Do you I think agree. that works as a format for Magic? That's hard to say, because I've never seen anything similar to that. And like, at least on a, on like, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to go back a bit and, like, my thoughts go to when Magic Online first had leagues introduced to it. Do you remember that? I do. Do you remember how many people were like, oh, this is the worst thing ever because now I can't play with the pod that I drafted with, so I can't, you know, use the knowledge that I had during the draft portion and, uh, you know, the, the decks are going to be imbalanced between different pods and, you know, all this. I do. I was one of them. Yeah, but it turned out leagues were actually kind of good. and like They're great! The, yeah, the downsides that people thought existed don't, really come into play in like 99% of the games and this might have a similar impact but it, it initially like it feels like this is this is not magic because I had sideboards are a thing for a reason and now we have decks that don't have sideboards but we still kind of play a best of three weird enough mm -hmm. so you know, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say where where it's going to land. And as proven by the leagues and a bunch of other different things, most most people that are going to say it's terrible probably have no idea what they're saying either. <laughs> yeah, so, it's just it's too early to have an opinion on something right. like that without playing it. Exactly. So I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out at the Mythic Invitational. I still plan on being there. It is my goal to be uh, in the top eight of ladder play. I've got about a week to do it, uh, and it is exceptionally difficult. You've got to win a lot and lose very little, uh, but I, I, I'm still going to give that a shot. If I'm not there, I will be watching it because I'm interested to see this format. Mm. So as far as the new Mythic Championships go, uh, just some quick information. It looks like they have seven of them lined up for this year. Four of them are going to be paper. Uh, they're referring to that as tabletop. And three of them are going to be digital, specifically MTG Arena Digital. They've tied Magic Online into the tabletop uh, competitions, which I think is a good thing. I've always thought that Magic Online would still be around as a way to like 
very accurately represent paper magic. And I know you and Auntie still stream a good bit of magic online in addition to MTG Arena. Like, do you think that I mean, comparison like, is valid? We're like 99% uh, online versus Arena. Yeah. I think it does do a better job at replicating the paper experience than Arena does. Currently, currently it definitely does. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's mostly due to the fact that uh, Arena only has standard. Yeah. And the draft bots. But that, that's, an, that's another podcast. Sure. So to, that's, yeah. to get into these um, Mythic Championships, which is basically our new Pro Tour. Like the, Again, mm-hmm. the good news is there's basically a digital Pro Tour for now. That's the new one. So let's let's talk about paper first because I don't think that one's actually changed that much. The tabletop mythic championships you can qualify through um, mythic championship qualifiers. These are basically our old pro tour qualifiers at your local store. So that was something you could do before. That's something you can do now. You can qualify on Magic Online again. Something you could do before. Something you can do now. You can qualify at a Magic Fest. Uh, so we, we dug through here real quick, and it, it does show that players who finish in the top eight or with 39 match points at an individual Grand Prix will earn an invite. So you can still qualify from those. Uh, there will also be qualifiers at the uh, Magic Fests. Much like in, in the past, I would go to a GP. If I scrub out on day one, there's usually a PTQ the next day. You'll still definitely be able to do that. Um the Magic Pro League and Pro Players Club and prior performance. So basically pros are still going to be invited to these things if they've done well at the ones in the past. The big difference that Tommy noticed as we were going through this initially is that basically you're not getting pro points for going to GPs anymore. How does that change who might show up at a GP? That's going to, like, there were there were some information about the new Mythic Points system. Mm-hmm. On, at least on the surface, it sounds like just a rebranded pro point list. It certainly does was, to me too. Yeah, but there were there were some like interesting interesting thoughts about it, and it clearly it's not all the information is available. So like we don't know if there's different tiers of players. Like previously at the at the pro points, you had mythic, uh, no, you had plati- platinum, gold, silver, and bronze level pros, mm-hmm. which all had different benefits depending on how many pro points you had so there was like not a lot of info on that yet and on on a glance as well like the the way you gather these points the mythic points is for like paper it seems to be basically the same with the exception of the actual grand prix events Mm -hmm. so what i think i get what they're doing here so I've been playing Magic for a long time, and I've been going to Grand Prix for a long time. And when I first started going to Grand Prix, they were, I say relatively small, they've been smaller than this in the past, but I think the first Grand Prix I went to had a thousand players. And it was kind of cool because all of the Magic pros from all over the country and even other countries had come into play at this event. They needed to get their pro points, and it was kind of this let's go meet the pros and play the game with you know all of the people that have traveled there. And over time, these Grand Prix just grew to bigger and bigger sizes, and we would have Grand Prix with 2,000 players. How many people were at uh, GP Prague when you went? Prague? Oh, God, I don't actually remember. I don't remember if I haven't read about that number. I would still assume it was like two or three thousand. Yeah, GPs are getting huge. 
and it, I, like that. I'll, I'll let you just take a second and, and fiddle with that. But like, it, it feels to me like the GPs were becoming more and more difficult for the pros to travel to, but they also felt like they had to, right? And I, I think what they're doing is saying, instead of having the pros travel to these GPs and, you know, play against... 12 local people while they're there, we would rather have our pros streaming our flagship digital game so everybody can come and watch them. So I think what they're doing is changing GPs from go play against the pros and all of your local favorites to go play against all of your local favorites and have a chance to qualify for the Mythic Championship. And I don't think that's a bad idea. That that sounds exactly like the idea where I'm at. Uh, I'm not currently when it comes to GPs is that like even even when I went to my very first GP it's not that far ago it was like three four years ago mm-hmm. even when I went to that one I I didn't even expect to let alone play against a pro like I, I don't I don't I didn't even expect expect to see one it's like that to me GP felt more like this Let's take all the all the like above average players from all the F and M's and have them match against each other. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good description. I I thought right, but that's would... also that's definitely the direction Watsi has also taken it. They mm-hmm. rebranded they rebranded the entire thing into a festival. That's like a festival is not the thing you go to when you want to like compete against the best of the best, right? Sure. That's where you go to have fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, people have asked me on stream my thoughts about GPs for years, and I, I, even four years ago I was saying, don't look at it as a GP as a tournament. Look at it as a magic convention that also has a tournament. Because the fun part is getting to see all of the people that you've met in Twitch chat or your your buddy who moved to California and is you know going to fly in for this event, getting together with all of your magic friends and playing and, and being with fellow nerds. And right, it, it looks exactly. like Watsi was just like, yep, that's what it is, and we're going to change the name to reflect that. So like, and that's I think that's that's a great thing because that's one of the best ways to connect with a lot of people all over the world. Yeah, uh, you can make friends in Finland, for example. Yeah, or or in the states. Not through GPs, though. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll go to a European GP one of these days. Ooh, to come. Um. So the one that was mostly of interest to me was the Mythic Championships for MTG Arena, and mm-hmm. how do we qualify for that? So you can have the most Mythic points as in the Mythic Pro League. So they're going to have four of their players from the Mythic Pro League that get to come. You can have the most most mythic points as a uh, for four challengers. Uh, it looks like those are going to be invited, if I understand that correctly. Now I'm thinking about yes. the the world uh, the the end of the year one. Let's let let me, let me go through and and double check this. Yeah, it looks like for this one, MTG Arena qualification paths. Okay, so how do I qualify for this? Reach the top 1,000 Mythic ranking in Constructed or Limited during a qualifying month, and then you're eligible to compete in that season's Mythic Qualifier Weekend. So here's here's how it works. I get Mythic, I'm in the top 1,000, and I get to play all weekend. It looks like I basically get an online GP. Because as it, yep. as it walks through here, it says, On Saturday, challengers will compete in Stage 1. 
Everyone who reaches the maximum number of wins will advance to Sunday Stage 2. On Sunday of the weekend, everyone who advanced will compete in a Swiss-paired tournament. The top 16 players from that tournament will qualify for the Mythic Championship. So that's where those players are coming from uh, because we're going to have, what, 16 people coming from that and we'd have four of them before each of the championships because there's three championships for the year. I think that makes sense. I believe so. So the March and April seasons will be feeding for Mythic Championship 3 with Magic qualifi Mythic Qualifier Weekend scheduled for the end of May or early June. Exact dates will be announced. Additionally, the top four placing non-Mythic Player League players in each MTG Arena Mythic Championship will be invited to the next championship. So if you go to this basically online pro tour and you do well, you get invited to the next one. Yeah. Okay, so this this oh, is yeah, cool. You that, that, reach that the top one thousand so get to play. Yeah, so there's there's there are gonna be three mythic championships that happen on arena, right? Mm-hmm. And it says the top four challengers. So does that mean the winner of each month? So there's like there's four months for each for each uh, arena mythic championships. I think so the winner winner of each month month maybe. So I think I think who goes to these if I'm understanding this correctly. So we we have the qualifier weekends, the top 16 go from each of those weekends. And then the top 4 pe people who placed in the last one are also invited. So for the first one there's not those top 4. So they said they've invited the winners of the last two pro tours, which is a team pro tour, so all three of them are going and an individual pro tour. Oh right, for the actual Mythic Championship itself. All right, sorry, yeah. no, I I, met, I mixed up with the with the World Championships. Yeah, which, and that, which seems to be the winner of each arena championship. Yeah. So and then that's, okay. that's the last thing that they've announced here yeah. is the Mythic World Championship, and that's the one I got confused with too. So we have the the winners of the four tabletop championships, the winners of the three arena tabletop championships, last year's uh, World Champion the top four in the pro league and the top four challengers. So this, this seems confusing to me initially, but that's probably just because I'm coming from like the old perspective, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm still not very clear on where all of these, uh, connect to the tournaments, but all in all this, this like entire big, uh, like a show they had out they they made this big article from like from what I how I read this is that the tournaments are exactly the same as before we changed the names and we made half of them be happening on magic arena instead of on paper yeah it, it looks a bit like that to me with the exception of they didn't really make half of them on arena they added three for arena Sure, that's true. But then, you know, obviously they have to take away from the other tournaments when it comes to the places that get to be on the World Championships, right? Oh, yeah, fair enough. So the World Championship now has basically seven spots that it didn't have before because those are going to come from Arena. Um, but, like, as, as far as the Pro Tours go from the past, we've still got four paper, or I guess I should use the right terminology, four tabletop Mythic Championships a year. Mm-hmm. In addition, we've got the three arena mythic championships a year. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So like for me for the, looking for the actual through this, championships, yeah. For me looking through this, I'm super excited because like I I wanted a path for com competition on MTG Arena, and that's the one thing I've been asking for. And I, I've said it over and over on the stream that the one thing I believe Wizards of the Coast does better than all of the other digital card games is they can design a tournament structure. Like, WotC is really good at that. And looking at this just from the arena perspective has me very excited. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm crazy or not, and maybe you can help mitigate me if I am. It, it feels like I basically am going to get to compete in each of those monthly events just by virtue of streaming this and playing enough. Because I don't think it's going to be that difficult to be in the top 1,000. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people competing for that. But I, I do but, see you being there very often if you if you just put the effort into it. Yeah, I, also, I think it, something I, I do, do want to point out... Time. Yeah, I do want to point out one thing I noticed. Let's see. I want to, I want to get the quote right. Where is it? There it is. So MTG Arena qualification path, and this is this is very important for the stream itself. Reach the top one thousand in mythic ranking, in constructed, or limited. Mm -hmm. You can qualify through either one. Yeah, we we don't know what formats the um, like weekends will be. I'm hopeful that they'll do at least one that is sealed and or draft. Hmm. So, like, I'm super hopeful that we've got that coming for the future. I, I also noticed there's no indication of, like, drafting with actual people as opposed to bots, and I hope that that's <laughs> not something they've dra dropped. I missed that. I did not see that anywhere either. Yeah, I, I scanned this looking for that intensely and didn't see it. But on the other hand, I also, like, when I was reading through this, another thing that's completely missing is any mention of how the tournament is actually going to be run on Magic Arena. Because like currently currently the software has no way of holding a Swiss tournament with specific people or you know, there there's just like no structures in the software itself to conduct this entire Grand Prix like event that go, is gonna go over a Saturday and a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So like there's gonna be a lot of big updates coming for the software so it can handle, you know, creating pairings for a bunch of people and holding the all the all the all the things like the the wizards event reporter currently does for paper tournaments is like you know there's there's a bunch of software still missing there is there is as i read through this it looks like the the, the language they used was um, eligible challengers will compete in stage one. Everyone who reaches the maximum number of wins will advance to Sunday's stage two. So I'm yeah. kind of envisioning that first day as like there's a special event that you can only enter if you were in the top 1,000 and mm -hmm. you play until you get 10 wins or two losses, for example. Yeah. And then everyone who <laughs> gets the 10 reasonable. wins gets to go along. But you're right, for day mm -hmm. two, they would definitely need something there. Yep. Uh, so that that's interesting to note, too. Um, as far as the ranking goes... I. I do feel like streamers and people that play a lot of Arena will have a, a pretty easy time qualifying for those weekends, uh, and it's going to give me a reason to stream on the weekends again. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, I basically cut weekends from my schedule once they, I stopped doing the PTQs on Magic Online. But uh, I am for sure interested in streaming these, so I think mm -hmm. once a month we'll have a weekend GP stream. Mm -hmm. uh, so that 
I think covers most of the points I wanted to hit through this article. Was there anything mm-hmm. else that kind of jumped out to you as this is something we should chat about? I think we pretty much covered everything. All even even the, like the weird corner cases that I noticed. Okay, those are the points I wanted to hit to. Um, yeah. I definitely want some more information about this, and there's some details missing which they note in the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this gives us a good baseline of hey, here's here's what we're looking at uh, for the future of magic going forward, both tabletop and digital. There's actually there's one thing that I found to be very hilarious in this article and it's like this was very obviously directed at a lot of uh like negative input that arena has gotten lately regarding the uh casualization of magic aka the best of one tournaments it's the very last sentence of this article and it says the sunday stage two event will feature a swiss paired play with a format to be announced it will not be best of one play. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So like, and I think what this conveys to me is, first of all, it's like, yeah, all the all the haters, you can just like, yep, yeah, it's it's gonna be best of three. So like, just relax, chill. But the other other point is that Wizards also considers best of three to still be like the competitive thing for for like traditional Magic players. And I think that's very important because even even if there's like no no theoretical or or scientific proof as to why best of three is better than best of one, it is still being held in this regard of you know let's let's not touch this thing yet. Let's keep it best of three because a lot of people will want it to be best of three just for like since they are comfortable with it, you know. It's also worth noting that duo standard is not best of one play. So like also true. They're not necessarily saying it's going to be what you're used to. They're just saying mm-hmm. it's not going to be best of one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like even in the major Hearthstone tournaments, they didn't do best of one. They did something similar to this duo event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm open to see what it is. I, I I do think like these these enfranchised Magic players need to understand that it's a good thing when your game grows. So like. The casualization of magic it just kind of makes me laugh. It's always been a casual <laughs> game. Oh yeah, that like you could go deeper and get more competitive if you wanted to. But I still suspect that the amount of people that just play magic casually vastly exceeds the amount of people that play professionally or, or that you know have ambitions to play professionally. Oh, for sure. And when that I, comes down to like when actually uh, a couple of weeks back I met my neighbor on outside when I was walking home. And uh, that was actually when it was like the some um, store championship or something. I was carrying one of those plastic thingies that you get as a reward from their home. So w- the end result of that discussion about magic was that, yeah, Finland has like probably hundreds of thousands of magic players. And that's when Wizards always says like there's 50 million magic players or whatever. Is that, yeah, those are all casual because like only only like thousand of them go to the stores to play on Fridays and even a smaller percentage of those people go to GPs so we are actually talking about like less than one percentage of the players that are competitive minded in any way yeah and I had a similar experience uh, when I moved to Northern Virginia and started meeting a, a new friend group I like 
I met people, and when they asked me what I did and I told them that I streamed magic, some of them had questions that let me know their their interest in competitive magic. Like, a, a classic one is, oh, what colors do you play? <laughs> and, like, as soon as somebody says that, I know that they're a casual magic player. Because, like, if, if you're competitive, you don't care about the colors. You just care about winning. Uh, but I'd start to hear things like that and realize that, you know, they, they just play at home with the cards that they have. And those people being invited to come to arena and play there is huge. Because, like, where do you learn to play magic? You learn to play magic um, at a, a, a store, typically, with other magic players. Now you don't need that. You can just come play anytime. And then, lastly, before I wrap us up, I had one more point about the Twitch Rivals tournament that I forgot to mention. And I wanted to address it because I saw a little bit of criticism here and there on Twitter in that they, they didn't, like, it was run five rounds, which gave us some weird pairings as far as top eight. Um, and there were some people complaining about that and how it should have been six. And these people weren't invited. This person should have been invited. I, I just wanted to note, that, like, as a perspective piece, that the whole point of this event was to promote Twitch and Twitch partners. Those are the people who were invited, as well as Arena the point wasn't necessarily to like have a super competitive tournament and get paid. Although that was awesome. And I'm glad that I did <laughs> like being able to participate in this again, it's more about the exposure for the streamers and for the game. So like if this wasn't organized exactly perfectly and how you would expect a paper tournament or something on magic online to be organized or say a mythic qualifier weekend to be organized. It's not a big deal. This was put together by Twitch and they were doing it to promote their partners, their platform. Uh, and I'm super thrilled to have been able to participate in it and that things like this are happening around my game. I had looked with some jealousy at Twitch rivals tournaments for PUBG, for example, and thought, man, it would be cool you know, six months ago, if we could have something like this for Magic one day. And here we are living in that brave new world. Uh, and it is an awesome, brave new world. Yes. Well, I think that does it for me. Um, Ding! So I want to give you a chance. Is there anything that you'd like to share or chit-chat about before we let you go? Uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing pops to my mind. Okay. Well, as a fellow streamer of interest, as people would like to come by and check out your content, where can they find you? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Izerok. I stream mostly Magic online compared to Arena, uh, but I do, I do most limited content, and whenever there is anything special going on, that's, that's going to be the thing I do. So like Chaos Drafts currently, Cube, Flashback Drafts, you know, all the all the weird and janky things because I do I do the fun things I and I'll leave the competitive things to Travis Sowers here. <laughs> Isorock is one of the magic channels I enjoy watching the most. I am subscribed and I have the subscriber emote. Which uh, would you like to describe your emote to us? It is a burning magic card in a garbage trash can. Yeah, and I, I think that accurately describes what you can find there is janky, fun, limited decks that surprisingly still win. Uh, so if you like four-color nonsense, be sure to check out uh, Tomi there. You can find me at twitch.tv slash simulin. That's S-E-M-U-L-I-N. I'll link both of our Twitters in the show notes. Uh, and if you really love the podcast and want to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash menfromoto.
Thank you for listening, boys and girls, and we will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye.